and be sure to access the link in this episode for access to all its giving content. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of It's Giving, where we discuss all things hot in television and film. This is your boy, Brandon the Introvert. In this episode, we'll be discussing P. Valley, Season 2, Episode 9, Snow. Now let's start the show. So we're at our second to last um, episode for this season, episode nine. And episode nine surely did not disappoint. It was, it's it's getting to be like kind of cinematic feels almost like I guess the weight is pretty comparable to a cinematic feel the emotional weight of everything like will they won't they what's going on what's about to happen etc 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 it's just a lot that's going on in this uh episode and a lot of action as well um so let's just get down to it with discussing it so this episode snow was written by katori hall of course the creator of p valley formerly known as pussy valley and directed by Janae Lamarck, who is uh, director credits known for uh, doing The Pretty One, The Feels, Room 104, etc., etc. Let me not do you like that, not etc. But yes, established director, check her credits. And uh, we start this episode with Andre's uh, P Valley, I mean, P Valley, well, P Valley commercial where. He is at the pank and he getting the Scorpus from the pank to promote him, to to endorse him because, you know, uh, from the Chuckalisa for truthers or whatever the fuck their names are, they basically uh, tarnished his name. So now he needs some cred now. He needs some cred. I think after trying to appeal uh, respectably to, you know, all these white donors and these powerful politicians, he getting his cred from the people at the uh the people <laughs> from the people and what better way to get that cred than to get strippers from the pank the hottest strip club in chuckalisa so i think that was a definitely a great idea of course we see autumn also i hope i don't sound weird i got my retainers on this time i usually take them off but i'm like eh. but we remember we saw autumn from the last episode uh, make a a uh, favor call to to extra extra in Brazil and whatnot. So obviously this is the favor that she was asking for, and I don't know. This was a great idea for me. So then we segue into the election parade. We see Andre with the strippers, you know, promoting him, helping him out, supporting him, and then when I tell you, I screamed. I was washing dishes while watching this episode, and I was like, I know that's not who I think it is on the poll. I had to go up to the TV, and <laughs> it was Woodbine. It was her. I had no words. I had no words. Um, she was hot with it, though. She has performance. She has a performer spirit. Like, as you see through her preaching and the way she, you know, engages with the people, she has a stage presence, whether talking or shit, on the pole. So that was just, that blew my mind. That blew my mind. I feel like Woodbine has truly been her authentic, well, I guess the authentic self that she wants us to see. But now we see, I mean, we'll we'll talk about it. Uh, no, no, I already talked about it last episode. That was last episode. Where she was like, you know, I didn't suck them, fucked them, shut them, all that shit. So, uh, Chuckly Scafai, so her dirty laundry is out there. So, I guess you could say she's being authentic self, but she's really, she's still in control of her narrative. And I think with that, if you're still in control of your narrative, you can still control parts or intentions or motives that you don't want others to see in my opinion because i feel like her true motives really they're not out there like that yet but as far as the people are concerned she's running as her true self even from the jump remember from i believe demetria she was there during the protest she was on the street during the protest in a way that you know andre was never you know he doesn't have that people know him but he's not the people's champion you know, 
he's trying to be one, but he's not. So he wasn't even there on the grounds. Mayor Kyle was there safely in his mayor's office enforcing uh, a curfew and restrictions. So he was definitely like of the system. But Woodbine was with the people. So we see from jump she's had, and this is before she decides to run, run for mayor. So from jump, she has the people's ear from her church, from being with the people, whatnot. Now she on the poll, like she's able to really be amongst everyone and have everyone view her as an equal. And she's doing it very well, to be honest. I just personally don't know what her true motives are. And I do feel like if she becomes mayor, and at this point, I feel like it would make more sense if she became mayor um, in the next episode. Because Andre, it's like, with shows, you don't want to give the audience what they want. Like, that would make it boring, in my opinion. That would make it boring and make it predictable, too. So Andre being, I don't feel like he's ready to be a mayor yet. Like, Autumn is still having to boost him a lot and lift up his confidence. And Andre still hasn't really found his genuine footing yet. Kyle, you know, he has the power, the white power, all of that. He could be mayor, but we already see him as interim mayor. So that wouldn't be interesting seeing him just become mayor. What would be the most interesting is seeing Woodbine become mayor. So I don't know. I feel like that would be a pretty, like seeing what she would do. Of course, she's against the casino. But at the same time, we don't know she's really for money. We don't know. We don't know her intention. She's really good at just hiding and burying herself. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. So now we see Ernestine. She's at the hospital. And once again, she's having, you know, the vision, seeing her daughter, uh, you know, provide her with water. And she's thinking, you know, you can't accept water. Basically, you can't accept drinks or food from the dead because when you do, then, you know, you cross over to the underworld pretty much. So she's still still having these hallucinations. Well, one of the nurses is trying to give her some water, but she's fighting back and she's still not having it. Now with this, I feel like from wanting water, at least even though it wasn't from a dead person, but from wanting water to now not accepting water, I feel like that might be a sign of improvement. I, I'm i just doing wishful thinking because I really love Ernestine. Everybody loves Ernestine. So I'm trying to think positively here. I feel like I think that's a good sign to me. So then we segue to Clifford and Lil Murder. Fucking while Lil Murder got his Gucci flip-flops on. Fucking Uncle Clifford. That is so fucking hot. A nigga with some slides. Fucking you. Mm, that was a hot scene. That was a good scene. That was a really good scene. But Uncle Clifford, also, we need to keep giving props to these sex scenes because we have not seen sex scenes in this way on a mainstream television show. A non-binary trans femme person getting fucked by a DL mass gay nigga. We haven't seen this before. We haven't seen it. And then the previous episode, seeing a non-binary trans femme fucking a, or at least, I guess to be specific, penetrating, because I guess you could fuck being a bottom too. But, you know, Lil Murder, like we haven't seen stuff like this. And I feel like all of it is done in great taste. All of it is done, you know, you got sides of, you know, intimate scenes then you got them you know fucking with gucci slides because sometimes it's the middle of the day and you just want to fuck like we are all normal people (laughs) like gay people queer people whatever you want to call it outside of straight we are normal people we want the same things we do the same things so i i heard i haven't seen anything on my timeline but then again i don't be following just ignorance like i really Anytime, like, people be like, all these ignorant people in my timeline, I do not see niggas' views. Maybe I'm in the right circles, but um, apparently people, of course, had uh, disapproval with seeing these scenes. But fuck them. Like what Nico Anand said, this is art, and art is supposed to make you question and 
just make you uncomfortable, all of that. So this is definitely, like I always say, some pioneer shit. But anyway, we see them fucking up in um, Ernestine's house. And after they kind of have a talk about the relationship, Uncle Clifford just, to me, Uncle Clifford seems to be cynical, but then is she a realist? You know, because cynical in terms of like, this isn't going to last. This is cute playing a house. You making breakfast. We fucking, we're a couple up in the house. Like it's cute. But at the end of the day, we're not in the outside world. We're in this, you know, cocoon of comfort and security and safety, but that's not how the real world is. So I think Uncle Clifford is already pre rejecting the relationship or at least the longevity of the relationship in favor for, you know, reality, knowing that, you know, little murder not going to claim her. So why, like, let me not get, let me not get too caught up. And I feel like oftentimes that's what kind of, I feel like that's what we as gay queer people, I'd be saying gay more. I don't really like queer. I'm starting to like, stray away from that and for me gay is this if you're not straight like that's how I perceive it I'm just going to use the that term but I feel as though that's what a lot of us gay niggas got to be on like we have to be realistic it things are definitely changing for the better now but I feel like historically and still now we've always had to kind of just not put our all in into a a gay relationship because we just know shit isn't going to work out or the other person isn't willing to embrace us etc etc like I feel like we've always had to stunt our excitement or stunt our emotions in favor for reality you know so it leads us to be a little cynical or a little like you know what the fuck is romance or fuck fuck our feelings like we gotta stay you know so i feel like uncle clifford is doing that a bit just kind of saying this ain't gonna last so let me not get excited and i feel like that's speaks to a, what a lot of more so femme gays have to deal with uh less so dl um mass niggas um so this is just interesting like we see them talk and Uncle Clifford, of course, is still stressed out about Grandma Ernestine, is just worried. And she asked Lil Murder, like, do you, like, would you know what it feels like to not be there for someone that you love with all your heart? And Lil Murder is still brushing all Big T because obviously he does know what that feels with Big T. But I'm just waiting for when he will tell Uncle Clifford about Big T or do. Does Uncle, I mean, does Lil Murder just feel like Teak is irrelevant in this situation? Would it complicate things in this situation? Would it be viewed as cheating? Um, I don't feel like explaining the history. And he's still obviously shook up from um, Teak dying by suicide. So I, I don't know. I feel like it would be better for him to explain that, especially with Uncle Clifford. I feel like Uncle Clifford will be upset especially hearing them fuck but then again uncle clifford got some head from somebody so like i don't know i feel like uncle clifford is still a great person to talk to about this but obviously he's not ready and he's just dealing with so much shit right now so and he just murdered someone so uh so now we're at the pank and Keyshawn is prepping her escape plan and Autumn is talking to Keyshawn just about like you know the next day we gonna see who gonna win this election and based on her bets like she is either gonna be a very very rich bitch or dumb hoe that's not what she that's not how she said it but I mean the odds are either or right now at this point so she's still a little nervous about this Obviously, Keyshawn is nervous about uh, her escape plan with Derek because she intends on leaving just Chuckalisa in general uh, after the after her performance that night. So it's a lot of tension in that way. And um, 
we also see an interaction between uh, Diamond and Keyshawn. And Keyshawn, I feel like, gives Diamond some comfort and connection and relaying to him that, you know, the carnelian necklace, the spirit of courage that you gave me worked. And I'm I'm going to go free now. Like, I'm going to go free. I'm out of the lair. And I plan on taking matters into my own hands. So I feel like, I feel like Diamond has always known Keyshawn doesn't have any evil spirit in her heart. I think he was just very hurt when Keyshawn put out the gun on him, of course. But I think he understands now more than ever kind of the cycle of abuse she's been in and just how it was controlling her. But just, I feel like hearing her just say, like, I'm I'm good now. Like, I'm good. And I'm in my right mind now. And I'm going to um, take control. I think that gives him some comfort. With Diamond and Big Bone, I still don't know why they're together. I, I really do feel like it's because the, the actress that plays Big Bone and Tyler Lepley had a genuine connection. And I... I, 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 I but we'll talk more about Big Bone in this later on this episode. I always talk, say we talk about it later this episode, but we are. So now we are at the practice, and Mercedes is still feeling that seven pounds of pressure and still experiencing her shoulder pain uh, to the point where it's like Autumn says, like, you're not ready, or you can be a base you know, where you can support other people while they up higher on the pole. But Mercedes just, it's just too much. Cause I feel like she thinks she's being attacked on all ends and just not being uh, supported. And then, you know, insecure about her not being in the same shape that she was. And then Autumn kind of throws that the seven pounds thing at her. Like, well, Mercedes actually i mean basically has autumn like puts it in front of autumn's face like why the hell do you think i'm in this position it's because of you and then autumn's trying to kind of play it off like oh real mature mercedes like that was kind of fucked up like she killed for you and now is experiencing psychological physical mental emotional like damage from it and you're being very hard on her obviously mercedes isn't ready but there's a certain way, like even the last episode, she made Mercedes get up and dance in front of everybody, knowing that she wasn't good. Like she was just being cold with it without realizing how she got in that situation in the first place. And it's because of her. Now, I think this shoulder pain, shoulder pain is still psychological purely because she was able to. I mean, we see in the later in the episode, she says she shifted all her weight onto her left side. So maybe she still is experiencing the pain, but she was nowhere like that during the Mercedes experience she was showing to Farrah and Coach um, compared to how her performance is right now. So I do feel like it's still psychological. It might still be physical, but I, I think it's still in her head. It's, it's some shockers and stuff that she's going to have to release. Now we see Big Bone and Keyshawn run into each other and basically Big Bone tells Dime, uh, Keyshawn, like I heard, you know, through these walls and actually probably through Diamond that you're going to leave. So I don't know how that's going to affect Keyshawn. Is Big Bone going to fuck it up? The word has already gotten out now outside of Diamond. And also I'm like, Diamond, why the fuck would you tell Big Bone? You know, but it seems like Big Bone got him wrapped up around her. So, I don't know. Maybe she working some pussy voodoo on him. Now, we're at the uh, Mercedes experience. Mercedes received a text from Farrah after she uh, stormed out from the practice. And, you know, Uncle Clifford and her had that talk. And Uncle Clifford basically just told her, like, you need to dream some new dreams. Um, so, after that conversation... Uh, after the practice, we see she, like I said, she got a text from Farah. Come to Memphis. I need to see you. I'm thinking this is like this girl want the dick again. You know, like calm. You know, like fair girl, calm down. But we see it's a whole exhibit for Mercedes 
and properly aptly entitled the Mercedes experience and it was a beautiful 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 exhibit like the angles and the colors and the shades and the positioning of everything was just very very beautiful and I feel like it definitely highlighted her strength her vulnerability even a little bit uh her feminine energy her boss energy the beauty how a goat like how it blends with just nature like it was just good it was by nature i'm talking about just like it's just the physicality of a human body which i feel like is a very natural human i want to say phenomenon in a way a phenomenon because it, it allows you to do defying acts like how some of the white women were like gravity does not exist well maybe Farrah said that but anyway like how gravity doesn't exist for her how it, she just seems like a supernatural so I feel like sometimes the body especially a well-trained body and a body that's connected to all parts of you where you're connected to all the sides of you can kind of give that kind of appearance where it's supernatural and but also natural in a way because I, I feel like the sun in tandem with uh mercedes body worked well worked well hand in hand together but it's just it was just a beautiful 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 exhibit and you can tell mercedes is like she really needed this because i feel like no one really noticed her or appreciated her talents outside of uncle clifford of course the people but when you're when you feel like you don't got it and you also you don't validate yourself in that space and you don't validate yourself um with dancing like she has sides where she knows she's that bitch but then through her mom through shell terica she kind of downplays that side of her and just views it as a means instead of that's like that's your essence you know so i feel like when you have that you just you don't view stripping, you don't view the dancing in a empowering light. And I feel like with this, with this recognition, she was able to feel empowered and just shit powerful uh, from it and, and valued and appreciated and on top of the world. And I really do feel like this is probably going to be the thing to kind of open up that chakra that's been closed up for her and blocking her creative energy and i just like how she's going through this because i feel like every creator every creative whether it's dancing writing acting directing um composing whatever shit knitting whatever it whatever is involved with creation i do feel like it's normal to come across blocks on the road and they usually have to deal with just you, really. And um, I feel like people don't understand that. Like, things don't just flow every day, all the time. Like, things will block that flow. Like, that creative flow is a very intentional type of thing and a very powerful thing that you do have to hone. So, I, yeah, I'm talking a lot. But I feel like, fuck that, I'm not talking a lot. But I feel like she unblocked it she unblocked it she unblocked it i i just pray she did uh because we haven't we didn't see her dance after this moment in this episode but something tells me it's unblocked now we see a quick little scene autumn basically tells nineveh to get some more flaw i love nineveh i really hope we see more of her in uh season three i really like nineveh but autumn like i feel like she provides like some like logical grounded perspective but she's also like she got a good like she's sharp with it she's sharp with her tongue she's sharp with her mind but she's also like caring too but i like her i like her a lot i think she definitely adds a lot to the show I'm glad she's in charge of selling the floss and all that. So I hope to see more stuff with Nineveh and more Nineveh and Uncle Clifford scenes together because I feel like Uncle Clifford is always seen as the only, you know, um, genderqueer person. But 
we got Nineveh, you know. So I like to see more, and I like to see more Uncle Clifford and Nineveh's friends and stuff like that. But anyway, um, in this scene, basically, we see Autumn just randomly starts vomiting, and Whisper comes out of nowhere saying, are you ready for twins? So now Autumn might be pregnant. Now, whether I think Whisper's actually right, I do. I do. I don't know about twins, though. But Whisper Nose is in tap with the universe, so mm. it's looking like twins. But knowing the person Autumn is, is she just going to, is she excited to be a mom? Probably not. Is she going to use the kids as leverage against Andre? I don't know. I don't know how her reaction is going to be. Um, but we'll see. There's one scene later on in this episode where she kind of like, mm, I feel like it's influenced by this new updated news, her behavior. But we'll talk about that. So now we're at the night of the grand re 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 reopening. And, um, you know, the Chief Five Chief, the, the rival gang to the Hurt Valley Hustlers is there. We see Toy got fired and appearance from none other than Tina Snow. This was a great performance. It was really cool seeing Meg. Like, she's been working hard. She's everywhere. But it was cool seeing her interact with the pink and kind of have this the actual reality come into this alternate reality and kind of build this new reality of sorts. Like it was just cool seeing her saying like, is this the pink? Like it made me think like, are we going to see more celebrities, more figures come and interact with the pink and its members? Obviously they're not going to do that often, but it, it, it just took me back to like how when sitcoms bring in a celebrity and get to interact with everybody like it just brought me to that um, kind of that traditional aspect. So I just really I really like that. Now with this, I. I don't know, I feel like, of course, Toy would never intentionally mean to give Grandma Ernestine COVID, but at the end of the day, she gave Grandma Ernestine COVID. But I feel like Uncle Clifford definitely reacted out of pure emotion with firing her. And she's just being really like, it was, it was a little too much with Toy. Like she and like pushing her and stuff like that. But it was, she was definitely being fueled by emotion and her grandma is like, that's her grandma. That's her everything. That's the person she, that's the only person left that she completely loves and completely trusts. And not to mention is her actual family, her blood family. So, and uh, has led the pink and has been a part of the pink um, through its various reincarnations in the past. So it just means a lot. So uh, was it right? Yeah. You can debate that, but I feel like it was kind of valid with her emotions. Like, I think it was valid with just how she rides for her grandma. Like, it, it was valid. Now, for me, I'm thinking, why isn't Lil Murder laying low after killing a, a whole-ass rival gang member? But I'm not in that gang-gang life, so I, you know, I, 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 I don't it, it beats me it beats me so now we see roulette enter the building and she is decked out in versace just looking good head to toe you can obviously tell that she got that money from that bust down that duffy got for her from um that trick terrence's uh car from the last episode mm, mm -mm. from the last episode um and she's starting to it seems like they're propping her up to be like a madam of sorts you know kind of like a, a pimp of sorts like she seems to be rolling in not rolling in money but she got money you know more than the strippers at the paint could ever make and 
it, it seems like she might be gaining power. She got Whisper under her heel right now. And now she's uh, reaching out to Toy. And it seems like Toy is kind of getting with the program too. So I don't know. Is she going to turn out more Uncle Clifford's girls? Like, what's about to happen? Is she about to establish herself as a new power? I don't know. But it's giving Roulette the madam right now. Now we see, uh, so Uncle Clifford, when Uncle Clifford Little Murder had that exchange with uh, Meg and, uh, I mean, they were flirting a little bit. Meg was just uh, oblivious to it, but they were flirting, whatever. And then it kind of gets cut short with uh, Nineveh saying that somebody want to see Uncle Clifford in the Paradise Room. And it turns out it's Corbin and he has come prepared with 250k to give to uncle clifford for her to whip him now that adds a whole different layer to their relationship at, at first it was one of like a strained sibling relationship where they grew up together they knew each other's secrets whatnot i guess shit this still kind of applies to that but now it's adding like sprinkles of sadism into it like a twisted love i don't know like a little bit of lust mixed in there like and we already knew corbin liked to get whipped but we didn't know that uncle clifford has done the whipping before and not only that he prefers uncle clifford to do the whipping because no one could whip just like her so it that was interesting that's interesting you gave up 250k for it I'm very curious about, I don't know, I still don't know what to make of it. Maybe in the next episode we'll see, but I still don't know what to make of it. Uh, now we see before, like, the festivities begin, they give the floor to Andre to do his little election speech. And he gets the car out going. Like, it's very, like, dad jokes and, like, dad mannerisms and very much, like, young Obama mannerisms and it's always funny that they always uh, reference him to obama because he did play um a young obama with tika sumter i forget the title i keep saying is it called south side love but i don't i don't think that's what it's called but uh yeah he gets them going people like him and like he's he, he he's starting to become a politician like you could tell he gets in politician mode and he says what the people want to hear whatnot and it's cute. Now we see Duffy, like, Duffy, I thought at first he was trying to turn out Roulette, but it seems like he actually might have some feelings. I don't know if Roulette is just a rebound for him, but it does seem like he got some feelings for Roulette. Like, he kind of felt used when, you know, he got the money for her and, you know, she ain't say nothing back and... I don't know. They have a genuine, flirtatious, lusty type of relationship. As we obviously see, he was able to kind of like, I mean, they, I don't like using work hooked up as like high school in this case, but he got to finger in her. He got to, I don't know, get with her again. And roulette is like a tough cookie to, you know, crack and crumble. So, I don't know. It seems like she she's able to let her guard down just a bit. I feel like she's let her guard down like little inch by inch around Duffy. So I still don't know what to make of their relationship, to be honest. Mm, I don't know if Gidget's going to come back. I don't know. I don't know what to make of this relationship. I don't know where it's going to lead. I don't know what's going to happen. I just don't know. I know Roulette seems to have a soft spot in terms of just like intimacy because she's always used to being hard and like you can even say manipulative and cold and you know default like what the fuck is up like you know like always trying to get in a, not always trying to get in a fight but she's just very combative but i feel like of course like behind that is just somebody that just wants to be you know fun but she is a little twisted too so i don't know it's hard to re-roulette it really is hard to re-roulette and after the speech, we see Autumn come in, um, just congratulating him, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, 
bring some liquor for the house and I don't know. I think at this point, I don't know how I feel like Autumn has always been manipulating Andre, but now with the child, I don't know. Autumn is also someone that's a little bit hard to read as well. I don't know if she's going to use the kids against them in this move, but we see from this scene they decide to leave out and head out um, and, you know, get some air, I guess. Uh, Now we go to the Tina Snow performance and... It was really good. It's good. She brought out a little murder. Like the songs they be making on the show, like, like I feel like with Empire and some other shows, like the songs be like whack or kind of lame. But the songs are pretty cool on this show. Like I would listen to them outside the context of this show. But the performance is going well. But then a nigga moment happens between Chief by Chief and Hurt Valley Hustlers, and they get to beefing and get to fighting, and then. Somebody try and get up the little murder. I was scared that somebody was gonna shoot down little murder right then and there at the paint, but I guess that's too hot. I don't know. But everybody gets to brawling on the stage, and of course, Tina Snow exits, little murder trying to fight everybody. Diamond comes in and handles the situation. And um, also during this moment, Keyshawn, Keyshawn, Whisper and Roulette are also uh dancing and stuff like that. They're kind of the new Trinity. For now, because Keyshawn's about to leave, but uh, we see Keyshawn gets caught up in the mix and she kind of freezes up and goes into kind of defense mode and just is just paralyzed until Diamond comes in, like I said, handle situation. And then she he's her knight in shining armor and then comes and swoops her up. And then they both, you know, Keyshawn leans in for a kiss and they both embrace each other. And of course, Big Bone sees everything through a mirror on the other uh, side of the stage. So I don't know this. I, this needed to happen. They have a natural, I feel like, love for each other. Um, and Big Bone just got caught up in that. Sorry, too little, too late. Now we see Big uh, Big Murder is. He's just pissed. He's just pissed. He's furious about what happened. They ruined the performance, the gang shit, all of that. He's probably still raw about Teak. All of this shit is swirling around him, and he's very upset, like very like, me man, me angry, blah, 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 kind of like on that type of time. And Uncle Clipper's trying to calm him down, but he's just like, they won a war. I, 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 I got him a war. I'm, I'm gonna give it to him. I, I can't. You know, he's just he's kind of doubling down on that shit, and he wasn't like that before Teak passed. Like, if anything, Teak kind of had that spirit, and now I guess that has passed on to Little Murder because now he's talking about he's he's his own protection. He's his own security. He can handle it. They won a war. I'll give him a war, but. Before he wasn't on that, he was just kind of focused on the music and very like vibed out, if you ask me. But of course, Uncle Clifford wasn't able to calm him down and he exits. And then Uncle Clifford upset because she isn't able to get to him and she ends up kicking one of the boxes and all these pills come out. And of course, she, you know, surmises shit. I mean, not even surmise, she immediately knows it's Big L. Because she specifically told him no drugs in this club. She is not about that plug life. So now we see Andre and um, Autumn. They end up making out. And they come through the door, his door. And we see, of course, his wife, Brittany, is there. They got caught, literally red-handed, with the red lipstick all smeared up on Autumn. So we, we're definitely going to see the aftermath of that in the next episode because then at this point, the episode is close to ending. But honestly, with that, I'm like, would you say it's a tit for tat? I don't think so because I feel like she was down for Andre, but she kind of just sensed that disconnect. And he's been with Autumn, doing shit with Autumn, since shit before the pandemic so i don't even view it as a tit for tat i feel like she just reacted to his disconnect and his she probably felt that he was being you know 
infidelity is infid. She felt his infidelity. I feel like, it, and that's why she probably went on and cheated with a doctor. She just needed some emotional connection. So I feel like she was valid in that. But of course, Andre's pissed off that his wife is with another nigga. But it's like you with another woman, and you've been with another woman. So. Eh, are they both on the same level not really in terms of actions maybe but when you get the context i feel like andre was still in the wrong in that way so now we get back to uncle clifford and she ends up firing big l and they get in a heated uh argument and big l talking about i'm the only person you could trust this shit won't pass. The election won't pass if somebody just goes out and kill her. And I feel like he's mentioned killing Autumn before. At first, I thought he was just joking, but it seems like he's actually serious. And I feel like at this point, Uncle Clifford's like, okay, now you've gone off the deep end. you talking about murdering her. And, you know, now you're doing the plug stuff. Even though you're just holding, it's still like, obviously, it seems like she might also have a but a personal connection with drugs and stuff like that maybe her mom got caught up with drugs um because we see she died at a fairly young age it seems like in her 30s or 40s so she might have died from uh drugs who knows but you could tell this was a very emotional trigger for her she ends up firing big l uh and then after all of that honestly i'm thinking like was that also rash i don't I think with how much Big L has done for this club and how much he's been a rider for her, I don't think it was the best or the right decision. I feel like they need to talk about it some more. So I do feel like it was pretty, I don't know, it was pretty rash. It was pretty rash. But like I said, it might have been a trigger, especially if it had to do with her mom. But then we see after this, she gets a call from the hospital. We don't know the results. But we do know there are results that came back. So we don't know if she, Ernestine, will be living. We don't know if she's dead. We don't know if she's recovering. We don't know anything. We just kind of see her reaction a little bit, just a little bit. But it's so in between. We don't know if it is death or life. We don't know. Next, we get, I. this is one of my favorite scenes in this episode. We get kind of a scene with Lil Murder and Mercedes, and we haven't seen them in the same room, same space since last season, where what as she, what she said, you were just a perpetrating little trapper rapper, and now you kind of bossed up and you leveled up. And I like this scene because we see Lil Murder kind of get, not reducted, but he's back to kind of that 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 beginner stage he was in last year and it was in the same position where mercedes was giving him advice because mercedes is an og she's a vet and she's one with the music so of course little murder respects her a lot so we see he's still nervous around her and I think this is cool to see after, you know, the Mercedes experience and then after Mercedes seeing Keyshawn dance and uh, just admire her and appreciate her because now it seems like she found some type of peace and security within herself. So now Mercedes, I feel like, can go on knowing that she is that girl. Like, she, she is a legend, you know? So... I love the scene, kind of that vulnerable scene Lil Murder has with Mercedes. He ends up asking her, like, can you, you know, check out this song I got? And we don't know the results of that. But we know Mercedes is about to amp up and beef up that song to an entirely different level. Now we are at the parking lot, and it's just mayhem. The Chief by Chief niggas are all scattered about. Everybody's upset. Um... Um, Pico's uh, baby mama, who's currently pregnant with the child that Pico was talking about, she feels that little murder was the murder. And of course, she is right. So we'll see what's going to come up from that. There's definitely going to be a gang war coming up. And right next to all of that mayhem, we see Big Bone is hurt. She's looking through the pictures with her and Diamond after seeing Keyshawn make out and kiss him. She's hurt. She's heartbroken. And then we see not only is she looking at pictures, 
But the pictures that she's looking at, the one with the ring, Mar- Montavious ring, we see she's planning on sending it to someone. So I feel like this would support the she's a op, she's working for Montavious's gang, but she just fell in love with Diamond and probably withheld a lot until this moment. So I think it might be that. It, it got to be that because who else is she going to send it to? And then um, the final scene, we see Keyshawn leave. She leaves a, a very lovely message for Mercedes saying, you know, I love you. So it's it's cute. It's like cute. It's very little girly, but it's like, you know, we sisters for life. She puts that in lipstick. And as she leaves, she runs into Uncle Clifford, who's like, you you weren't you were going to leave without, you know, saying goodbye. And you could tell Uncle Clifford tries to put up a front, but Keyshawn is, was, was, is like a daughter to her. You know, she's seen Keyshawn from the begin. We haven't seen her, their first interaction, but we can assume, confidently assume that she's met, she's known Keyshawn since the beginning of her dancing career and has seen the growth that she's been on and has always believed in seeing Keyshawn for who she is and has always supported Keyshawn. So they have a great embrace and very touching whatnot. And uh, Keyshawn ends up leaving. And with their interaction, uh, Uncle Clifford kind of gives some advice like, you know, second chances are rarer than snow in Mississippi. So take that with you and, and be empowered by that. So with the second chances, I do feel like Ernestine is recovering. I feel like Ernestine is coming back just from that. But who knows? Who knows? I feel like the second chances thing applies to a lot right now. So who knows? Who knows? Who knows? So where we kind of left off on a note where Uncle Clifford's just staring into the mirror and we don't know what's about to happen in the next episode. A lot of shit went down, like I said. So we're kind of left on the cliffhanger, of course. Um, and on to the uh season finale. So let's talk about what this episode is giving in the next segment. It's giving. So for this one, I kind of already know what I'm gonna give it because I really, really enjoyed this episode. But of course, you gotta bring it in your last two episodes of a season. But I guess we're going to go briefly uh, about kind of some of the cliffhangers and less so themes right now, but more so cliffhangers. So with the Mercedes experience, did it cure Mercedes? I, I feel like it did. I feel like it did. I feel like it kind of allowed her to see herself outside of herself. Or it's hard. I feel like because she's been under the gaze of so many, sometimes she didn't she doesn't believe what people says, or maybe she the gaze is usually negative. There's a gaze, but it's usually negative, it's usually sexual. So it's hard to kind of glean like any type of empowerment through that but i feel like with her she knows what she's doing like what she said it art it's art you know like i think she knows that i think she knows it's beauty she knows that but just never really connected herself or dancing to anything positive like i said before so i feel like just seeing herself just her and especially through the perspective of an artist like Farah, just seeing that kind of, I feel like put it all in connection for her, like it, 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 full circle moment. So I, I don't know. I think she saw the positive sides of herself and herself uh, in a beautiful way. So I think she now views herself in a beautiful way. So. I really hope that will cure whatever kind of blockage she has. And I don't know. I think it just speaks to how we view ourselves. Like, especially when it comes to me, like I'd be shitting on myself a lot. I, like I said, the gaze, there's a lot of gaze. Well, I'm not a dancer or anything, but I do feel like 
a lot of the things that I realize is from what people have told me and not things that I've noticed about myself. So whether good or bad, but it's mostly good things. People aren't shitting on me or anything like that. But I'm like, you you think I can model? You think I can do this? You think I'm funny? You think I should do this? Like, I don't really see the shining parts of myself. So to have her get her flowers in that way, I completely resonated and appreciated that. Same with Keyshawn. Like, it took her a long time to see herself as a beautiful not just beautiful but like a a being that can control her narrative like I said before and a being that has strength and a being that has courage and a being that can influence and is powerful so I just resonate with those stories a lot because I just feel like for me personally it's it's still a journey for me to see myself in a fully formed fully fleshed out um way without kind of overthinking or having my thoughts kind of tear down any positivity about myself so I feel it I feel it and I I do feel like the Mercedes experience will cure Mercedes now in terms of Ernestine I also feel like she survived or she is surviving I feel like her needing her refusing to get the water means she's not done with the with living yet i think she still wants to live more uh also partially she still needs to be there for uncle clifford so i feel as though and just how uncle clifford i feel like if she died she would have drove to that hospital or she would have just left i don't think she would have just been kind of calm or like internally calm about it and i think she would have left the pink and fucked everything else she just needed to be near her uh grandma so i i feel like ernestine is still alive i'm gonna i'm gonna check all these um check all of these predictions in the next episode because obviously they're probably gonna all be answered but uh i'm really curious to see what my predictions will give uh now with the election like i said before i feel like woodbine will win i think that's the most interesting outcome i think woodbine is the smartest one out of the candidates that are running i feel like this whole you know andre taking over the legacy is just too cookie cutter i feel like it's too cookie cutter i feel like it would shake the shit up if woodbine ended up winning someone who people who wasn't even running in the first place and someone who people are aware of but they're not i feel like people aren't taking notice of her at all uh the the big wigs the politicians they they're they're not even mentioning woodbine in their conversations so i don't know i I feel like she's gonna get it and then i feel like season three she might be trying to shut down the pink altogether. So we will see how her version of a transformed, better Chuckalisa will look like through her power and her vision. I'm very curious on seeing that. Now with Big Bone, I feel like she's a part of Marquevious's gang, Montavious's gang, Marquevious, that's Key Glock's name. Um, I feel like Big Bone is a part of the gang. There's is no questions about it. Outside of that, if she isn't, I'd be like, what was the purpose of her? Like, I would be really pissed about that because I'm like, why is she there? I feel like all the characters are used in a very intentional way. And there's not a lot of, like, just ancillary characters that are just there just to be there. So I really hope someone who we see is able to get Diamond dickmatized or pussymatized someone like that i hope has a story to her so we're gonna see in the next episode oh also with the election i wonder if andre's wife is going to ruin it for him by just saying he's a cheater and it's with somebody the the owner of the pink and they're in collusion like i really wonder because she does have a story that she could tell and people could spin it to a whole lot of different damaging things against him now, would she be justified in that? I don't think so, because that's that's his dream. Uh, in terms of relationship, yes, you have all right to leave him, not fuck with him anymore, but expose it. It'll be petty, 
would it be justified? I, I don't know. I don't know. It, I, I think that's kind of you fucking up his dreams, but I don't know. I don't know how his wife is going to take it. Also, just final point with Big L. I don't know what Big L would do. Is he just going to go full on drug cartel with Duffy? Is he going to leave Chuck Elisa? Is Uncle Clifford going to take him back? It's a lot of what is going to fucking happen in the next episode. It's a lot of that. And because of that and because of the action, just I just love this episode. I'm going to give it a good, nice 9 to 3. A good, nice 93. I feel like it was definitely on the A range. But it's hard to tell. Like, I just feel like every episode to me deserves... I mean, I think it was one episode was like, man. But still, the meh was still like, this is still a good episode. Just relative to the other episodes, it was meh. But I feel like this this season, for sure... But the series as a whole, it has, it gives us a raw, unfiltered light. And that's usually not done in black shows. We always have to succumb to some type of respectability or dilute ourselves in some type of way. But I feel like this shit is just coming at you straight up and uh, addressing a lot of facets of black culture in a very real, honest way. So for that, like, I feel like every episode is an A in my eyes, but just critiquing it episode by episode is a different story. But in general, this episode is just, I mean, this episode, this series is a complete A in my eyes and is historical and will go down in history. And it is a pioneer show. And a lot of shows I hope will take notice from this uh show and kind of be influenced like i'm excited to see the influence that this show will give uh in the future because this is a this is revolutionary it's revolutionary but yeah i would say yeah uh, straight up 93 i'm excited to see what's gonna happen in the next episode now let's close out the show So that was season two, episode nine review, uh, snow, uh, P Valley. I, um, it's crazy. We just got one more episode left and we're done with the second season. Um, it's been really fun. I've been really enjoying this show and it's always crazy because like it's literally been like almost 10 weeks later pretty well no more than 10 weeks later after that week break so it's crazy i've been tracking this show for what over two months now following it dissecting it promoting it all of that in between and it's while we're coming to it and we're going to pray it's going to go to season three but we're going to pray that it will. I know Nico Anon recently said uh, these companies, the industry that funds things and just looks at dollars and stuff, they don't look at Twitter to gauge the success of, success of a show. They go on IMDb. They go on Rotten Tomatoes um, reviews on there to gauge the support. And like how everything is, it's so these are white sources because even though social media is a, a fluid kind of non it's structure, but non-structured, not like IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes. I do feel like most non-white people or at least non-professionals, I feel like professionals be on Twitter though, but it's, of course, Twitter is used by niggas. IMDb Rotten Tomatoes is used by white people. I, like to just to put it plainly like that so it makes sense that they rely on those sources um to gauge the success of a show and to see you know if we're going to continue with the show because if you look at critics critics just critics they're mostly white if you look at actors they're mostly white if you look at directors they're well now more and more sort of mix up. But you know what? You you hear what I mean. 
IMDb Rotten Tomatoes, I would argue that most of the users on there are white people. The active users on there that would actually rate a show and talk about a show, they are white. Even if you look at TV film podcasts, they're mostly white. I do be seeing some fellow black podcasters, but it's still very, we're all still very much up in, I'm not even at up and coming yet, but we will be. But a lot of us are still, you know, small scales, not nothing near a screen rant or a uh, discussing film or Rotten Tomatoes level, you know. But as long as we keep doing it, we're going to get there. But just that's just a shout out. Go on IMDb, go on Rotten Tomatoes to make your reviews on not just P- shows like P-Valley, but just black shows in general that you want to see thrive and continue. So make sure you go on there. But uh, as for the next episode, I'm very excited. This was supposed to be a special one. I was supposed to have a guest on this episode, but shit didn't work out. But I do want to have more guests on the show because I have a lot of fun. And I hope that people have a lot of fun listening to me have a guest. So I, um, yeah, we're going to do that. We're just going to, we're going to reconfigure some shit too. So. I'm excited for the future of this podcast. We're still trucking along, and we, we're going to be here. We're going to be here. Thank you for the patience with uh, for me being just behind. I've been having to go through some life things, but it's all good now. We will be catching up. We'll be a little late, but it's all good. Um, we're gonna we're gonna go through that finish line, uh, with ease and with grace and all that shit. But yeah, I'm looking forward to uh looking forward to being with y'all again, uh talking about the next episode and get hyped for the season finale. I will talk to y'all later. Bye.